Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. podcast. How is everybody doing? Today is Monday while I'm doing this recording. I don't know what day it's going to be when you're listening to it. Probably a Tuesday, maybe a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday, maybe even a Friday. But if you're doing okay, that's awesome because I am doing just fine. Thanks for asking. Today we have another guest with us. And if you've been following this podcast, you will know that I have had three unicorns so far and the unicorns are black males yes these are special people to me not only because i have a father and three brothers and three sons but because we as black people overall and especially our males have the hardest time identifying with the fact that they've been sad they've been depressed or they've had any kind of struggle at all it's just ingrained in us you know it's one of those things that we're trying our best to just kind of crawl out of that pot and that mindset of thinking so today we have a unique black male with us and i'm so excited because he's not only walked his talk when it comes to depression he's also a chaplain so he's definitely a unicorn i've never had one on my podcast i'm so excited we met by chance on facebook he was just dropping nuggets on somebody else's podcast. And I was like, may I steal him? And she was like, sure. And he was gracious enough to say, I will. And so without further ado, meet, I guess, Chaplain Kevin Wilson, who is a chaplain and a Jesus person at Rush Hospital in Chicago, none other than Chi-Town, Obama-Town. Thank you so much. (laughs) rev or pastor or chaplain for joining us today thank you so much sir you're going to touch on your own personal journey with depression and i love the fact that you mentioned in the intro that you have a child with special needs as a momatrician as someone who has a child or two with some degree of special needs here and there i definitely welcome your energy thank you so much for gracing our pages thank you for agreeing to write on a page of my beautiful book that is just uh, filling me up with so much love and and thank you so much for everything. So yes, thanks for thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and having me. And um, like you said, you we met on Facebook and you you offered and asked if I would be willing to join, and I jumped right on the opportunity. So yes, I'm sir. grateful for it. 
in the military, in my days of the Air Force, would say, I voluntold you, because I didn't even really ask. I was like, you're going to be on my practice. And he was like, yes, ma'am. I love right. that. I love yeah. that. It's a what, heavy what, topic. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I was in the Navy, and, and you know, we use the words, never again volunteer yourself. So <laughs> I totally went totally against what the Navy stands for. Yes, for. but, you know, I, wanted, I was going to say, as you said earlier on before we started recording, it is a very heavy topic. And um, if you listen to my intro episode, I was like, I don't know anyone else that can pull it off. It does weigh me down, but I'm not going to stay down. So thank you so much for doing this. May the heavens reward you for doing this for me. So where do you want to start? Well, we can start at the beginning. Let's do it. You know, um, I'm I'm a founder believer of, um, of the mind remembers. And one of the things I cope with and, um, in times of the um, looking back over my life is that the remind remembers. Um, it remembers colors. It remembers sounds. It remembers and smells and smells. Yeah. And the feelings. And, and sometimes feelings. it, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I, I belong to a group called Mankind. And a lot of times I discover things by doing the process and doing the work of men where it takes me back to my adolescent years where I discovered where things started from. You know, I was raised in a family with the mother and the father and um, three other siblings. Um, and my parents did the best they could. I love my parents. But there are things that I, I picked up um, from them, not knowing that these things will change the course of my life. Mm. Um, there are a lot of positive things and a lot of negative things. Um, one thing that I can recall... Um, was when um, what started me to start go into isolation was um, I would get punished and I would have to go to my room. And so that set me up. I took that as isolation. So whenever I did something wrong, whether it would be um, with someone or anything doing wrong um, in relationships, I would go into isolation because I felt like I did something wrong and I would hide myself and go into isolation and isolation. It would cause me to go into depression because I would weigh myself so down um, on the act that I did that it would cause me to be even to go even farther away from people to isolate myself. I can and, totally see that. Yeah. So that was um, something that I picked up and I kept practicing it till I got real good at it. I got real good at isolation. Wow. So in relationships when, um, especially like um, relationships with um, 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 dating, when it comes to a point where conflicts come in, you know, I didn't want to deal with the conflicts because I felt like I did something wrong. So I would run in order not to face the conflict. And so, and, and that, and all it did was just build on and I, I built walls because not only that, um, I didn't know how to, um, I, I didn't know how to express my feelings. You know, growing up as men, um, you know, don't cry. You know, I was just gonna say yes. I was gonna say yes. Yeah. Even women as a Nigerian child, you do something wrong, you already self-punish, okay? Because you, you feel very bad because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then it does happen. You get paddled like hell. And then they mm -hmm. ask you to, nope, don't cry. Suck it up. Don't let me hear yeah. a sound. And so, you know, and I yeah. did raise my boys that way. 
and forgive me, but I did because that's all I knew. But yes, I'm like, I don't want to hear you crying. I don't want to hear right. you crying a single sound. And yet, you know, you're hurting so much. But yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, one thing I, I learned as as an adult, like as as babies, when we fall and we express ourselves when we cry, naturally we picked up and we're comforted. So our minds are taught, like when pain comes, there should come comfort. But then as we get to a different age, you know, whatever we've learned then, it's it's done away with. You oh know, there's God. no comforting. So I'm going to cut you off and you stand up and you don't cry and you go right back out there. And so that. now, now I'm confused because here I am with looking for comfort. Now I got to go back out and be strong. Mm. And so that causes, you know, a, a dample on your feelings. And a lot of times I couldn't relate to feelings. I didn't know what feelings I knew mad. I knew sad. I knew happy. So, and angry. So mm. those are the basic, you know, emotions that I knew. And so there were other emotions that were going around that I couldn't identify with. So the mm. only way I could identify them with was, with was being angry, which was being mad or sad or happy. So, and sometimes I would act out the feelings instead of dealing with them because I didn't know the proper way to identify feelings. Um, wow. And that and that caught and that set in till I got good at hiding feelings. So I didn't I couldn't let you see what I was feeling because I, I pretended that I was happy when I was really sad. Mm. And so many men, including myself, um, we go around with this silent cry. And I'm sure we're going to, as we talk along, as I go into my story, we're going to talk about it even more. But now I'm just dealing with the, silent, the adolescent years, of the younger years that I'm dealing with. And, um, you know, even crying back then and not knowing that mm. there was a silent cry, you know, as children, you know, wanting to be nurtured or wanting something, but you don't know how to say. Because they're in black communities, mm. and I shouldn't say black community because it's 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 both communities. Um, black or white or Hispanic. It's, it's just in communities how you're taught don't talk back mm. or I'm talking, I'm an adult. And so that led me to, to figure out or to believe that my voice didn't have an opinion. So that kept me from speaking when I wanted to speak, but I didn't because you don't talk to authority. So you're not allowed to voice your opinion because your opinion doesn't matter. Wow, so powerful. My goodness, what a great start. Very powerful, very poignant. I'm just like, I know you can see me just nodding my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know the <laughs> listeners can't, but oh my word, you are just hitting all the, I love the mind remembers. That is true. Never put it together yeah. that way, but that is a truth. That is a truth right there. I do want to hear more about the group called Mankind. I do want to hear about the fact that a lot of men are going around with silent cries. I could not put that any better. Wow. Wow. But before we get there, tell me a little bit more about your teen years. So when it came to the, the depression, did it actually like settle? Did you actually end up being on medication, getting diagnosed, or was it just? Um, as far as, I never got diagnosed with mm. um, um, depression. Um, I never took any medication because I I was good at hiding it that no one knew. So I became an expert at, you know, hiding my feelings and 
um, feeling sad or feeling whatever it was, I, I was, I was really good at it. And so in the teenage years, um, I think I acted out, um, my depression by over, overachieving. Mm, overcorrecting. Um, yeah. All, I know all that. that. So I know that. In, in, instead of doing that, so, you know, I was popular in school and, um, I could hide it through dating multiple women at the same time because I didn't want no one to really see who I really was. So when it came to a point when someone would get close to me, I would try to exit because I didn't want them to see who I really was. So yeah. then I would go find somebody else and, and start all over to see, hey, I'm this great person deep inside until you get to a certain point. And, you know, you practice these things until they get into your adulthood Perfection. as well. Right. Oh, yeah. It was it was just a never-ending cycle going over and over and over again, which when I get to the same thing, to the same point, you know, I always make it to the same point. And then, okay, I'll start, I'll start it with someone else. Wow. Yeah, that so is it's deep. a cycle. That is deep that you're able to recognize that in you. Have you yeah. changed from this pattern or is it still your pattern? Chaplain? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I, I, I realized that it was a pattern and that it was something that I had to deal with and face. Um, I avoided it um, for so long, um, over and over and over, not knowing that that what it was. Because I, I couldn't identify with it because I was so caught in it. Oh, I was so in the process of losing myself that I couldn't really identify with what I was doing. I always knew I get to a certain point where someone was getting closer to me and then I decided to go somewhere else. So I didn't even know what it was. I had people tell me, you know, you're living in a whole different world, your own Realm. reality. Yeah. So I created my reality. I created my own reality. And what mm. I did was brought people into my reality because that was my world. I didn't know another world existed out there mm. until I until I was brought to face myself. Wow. Yeah, so the whole time I was wearing masks. So even when I looked in a mirror, I saw, I didn't see me. I saw all these masks that I wore. Mm. Oh. So Bringing all up the mask, the talk of the mask, yeah. yes. Yeah, layers and layers and layers of multiple masks. You know, some people think, oh, you're just wearing one mask. No, there are layers on masks. So even in the image of God, you know, God said we were created in his image. So when I looked in the mirror, I couldn't see his image. All I mm. saw were hurt, pain. Um, I saw fear. I saw rejection. I saw anger. I saw guilt, remorse, all these other things I saw, but who I was. I couldn't see who I was, even though I was still in the church, even though I was still ministering, I was still hurt. I was still in pain. You know, I was going to say, just going back to your childhood real quick for a moment, was there sure. a time that you were hurt? Maybe did something happen where you betrayed or was this something that runs in the family, like endogenous depression or was that an event that triggered it? Or was it in the Navy? Was it PTSD? Was it a culmination of all of the above? What was it? No, I, I think I think where it started was um, when I was, like, my parents, they worked a lot. Mm. 
they work. Um, you know, um, my father worked in the steel mill. He had got laid off, so he had to find a job. My mother worked in the hospital. She had to find a job. And I think it came from um, lack of the attention from them, that I didn't get the attention that I was looking for or, or, oh, or the yes. attention that I thought that I would see. Or, so, or actually, you did mention or when you did something wrong and they'll ask you to go to your your little quote-unquote cocoon, I'm going to call it that. So you yeah. just kind of master the act of, or the art of just being by yourself. And that's not, right. that's not a good place to be. Oh, no, no. Not it is indefinitely. Not. Especially, especially as a, a, a little child. So I took on, I took on burdens, you know, at a young age, not even knowing, but as I look back over, I really look and identify with, burdens um like one being cut off not having a voice um not feeling good enough um isolation um and also just being stuck you know those are burdens that i took on at a, at a younger age that i carry you know for years all the way up until my 40s um these burdens not knowing that they would make me become something that i'm really not I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't who I was supposed to be. I wasn't who God created me to be. I became something else because of not knowing and getting lost in my own reality, creating my own reality. Wow. That is, I almost feel like you could still, I'm pardon my uh, forwardness, but I almost feel like you could still benefit from some therapy, you know, to... At least I don't know. I, do you do you feel you still you will still need that, or are you good now? Because being a chaplain now, you're now giving people. So you know how they say you can't really give from a place of emptiness. So right, has your right. cup been filled in some way, or did it happen maybe through college, and now you're able to give? Because it's it's ironic how as a younger you you were running away from people, but now as a chaplain, they're calling you to come to people. So it's Absolutely. completely opposite. How are you yeah, reconciling the two people? It's totally opposite. Yes. And I did go to therapy. Um, okay. I was in a therapist um, for years. Um, and I believe in um, there is um, a triangular system that I, I kind of like make. You know, there's in my triangular system, there's God. So the spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then there's a therapist, like a one-on-one, -on -one, and then there's a group that I use. So the group I go to is a mankind group and the therapist and God. So I have a, a system in place for me. Fantastic, to not, replenish. Yeah, to replenish, to go so that where means, I can. Yeah, so that means I, mis I misunderstood and I probably spoke. You did not get officially diagnosed and put on medication, but you did get therapy, which is, yes. which is to me, can replace those other two you know, easily if it's done right and if it's with, from the right sources and all of that. So that's good. That's really absolutely, good. absolutely. Because I, I, um, and all this didn't come till later in my later years. So I didn't, I didn't receive any of this, you know, therapy or, um, you know, I always knew God, um, in my walk, but I didn't. You know, growing up, you know, you don't go to a therapist because, you know, that means that you're crazy. Oh, so, you're weak. Yeah. Oh, that's not about, we're not about that. We're, no, we're going to pray that away. Oh, my goodness. And actually, I was going to ask you to say that again and say it really loud for those people at the back because you're not only a black person, you're a black male 
we are black yes. male in America. This is black important male. that other black people, and this is not a black people episode, but it is important because I know we as a people, we just don't embrace the whole therapy thing yet. There are, right. there are a lot of us who are doctors and who are therapists, but we doctors don't want to go to therapy, and even the therapist doesn't want to go to therapy. It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just oh, we can give it out. But do we want to take our yeah. own medicine? No. So I do appreciate the fact that you're helping us put some kind of name to the fact that it is okay to get therapy because it works. It works. Yeah. And, I, for us. Yeah. and I, I have to name that because, I mean, it was when, when I, I went to the therapist and it, it shattered the glass. Good. I love that. Because it, it allowed me to be aware that, hey, not only is this affecting you, but it's affecting your core, the people that are surrounding you. So it's not just about you. It's about others that are in your circle. And so going there, um, one thing that my therapist told me, um, um, she had mentioned, she said, you need a men's group to go to. Oh, and I wow. sought after and I sought after a men's group. And my brother introduced me to um, the mankind group that I go to now where you know you go through the process and you could just you know there's no judgment because many times you go into other arenas and you know people judge even in the church i know this yeah. even in the church yeah even in the church my my son he's 14 now he's about to be 15 in october i remember the day he just he told me said mom the, the man won't hold my hand he was like 11 or something mm. the white male who sat next to him will not hold his hand in the church. Mm -hmm. I was so hurt that day. I wept wow. for my baby, for the message that that carried, for the, uh, oh my God, it, it hurt me to my core. And that was the day seeds were planted. And today I don't even go to church anymore. I'm still spiritual oh, wow. and I still call God's name and I love him to pieces and I love people and I will do God's work all day. But I can't get past the fact that I know it was one person. I know it wasn't everybody. But you see, it's funny when you do something to me, it may not hurt. But if you do it to my offspring, you got me. And for me, that was the next, that's my next generation. That's my legacy. That's my child. And he said, Mom, he won't hold my hand. And they have done that to me before. I've walked on the aisle and people have left the aisle. And that's okay. I mean, the pew or whatever. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But when they did, when my son told me, I said, Mommy, you won't hold my hand. I was done. I was done. And that wasn't my last day, but that was a day I was like, this is it. I'm not, I, I'm slowly was that I withdrawing myself from the church. And, and I'm just, I'm happy now. Yeah. I just don't, I don't want to go and put myself in the situation where I have to deal with that. And yes, I'm probably easier to forgive someone who doesn't want to speak to me at Walmart or who doesn't want to speak to me at the, mall or the YMC or whatever, but that's not church. You know, in my mind, I'm like, yes, we're all imperfect, but I'm thinking if you're going to come there, at least that means you're working on your imperfection. So not holding my son, it says everything to me. You're white, he's black, and that's enough. You know, I'm done, you know? So yeah. anyway. And that, that's a lot. Um, and, and a lot of people are hurt by um, the, the hurt that they receive from church. And I think sometimes we put an um, expectation on the people. Um, and even with myself, um, I um, was at one time when I was at a church 
one of my um, earlier church that I went to, um, there were things that were said about me that I was um, having affairs and, and different things um, that didn't turn out to be true, that I was, you know, going to clubs and, and all these other things. And I was a young minister in the church and I, I was hurt by it. Mm. And I felt like the whole church had turned their back on me. Yeah. And I was one that raised, you know, was raised there. You know, I was a youth minister. I was a deacon there. I was, you know, did so many things. And I felt like the only person who was there for me was the pastor. Wow. Because he, he told he told me, he said, um, one thing um, he told me, he said, you're not going to church for these people. I know. I know. You're going to church for you. I know. And, and that I kept. I and I couldn't because I know that my relationship with God was much greater than what people thought because a lot of people hide behind I can hide behind pointing something out about you because that takes everything off me off of me yeah yeah so yeah I love it that's wow that. and, that's, and, and that's it's, it's 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 yeah it it, it is and and you know you already you know, and you are already a young man who is coming from this background of distrust and isolation and yeah. then they pushed you they pushed you to the limit and you, you ended up leaving you said no no i didn't leave i kept okay. coming okay. I, I kept coming and when i would stand like and i was a young minister and i was standing in the pulpit and i can just look out and i can see the eyes cutting oh my and, goodness you know it, it was it was like it was like jeremiah uh what what god told you don't don't look at their faces so I had to look beyond them mm. and, and, and keep doing because I knew then he was building me for something. Yes. So whatever I was going through in that time, that I was going through for a reason um, to, to, to build, you know, to, to shape him because he had greater work for me. Exactly. Not, not to be worried about what someone says, because at the end of the day, I don't even know what they're going through. They could be having a bad day or they could be doing something. And I'm not going to let one incident from one person um, take away from my destiny. I'm not going to let them throw me off. So I kept coming and I kept going. And, and the time when I, then I moved and one person came with me and he was like, man, I am so proud of you. And, and, and one of the persons that I thought they would never say anything to me came up to me and said, I'm proud of you that you stayed in that you stayed there because the way that these people did, the way that they treated you, I would have left a long time ago. Mm. Yeah. And it was, a, um, you know, they gave me a big celebration for leaving. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, <laughs> I grew from that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, so that was a growth spread me. That's good. A growth spread, a growth spread is, a way, is a good way to look at it. And indeed, all of life's trials and tribulations should be looked at from the angle of it's a it's a growth spurt and for those of us who have gotten to the edge of suicide and came back oh, yes. we can look back and say yeah maybe yeah, i guess yeah no reluctantly but while you're going through it it's not it's not a fun thing at all so it's one not. of the reasons i'm doing this is to highlight the fact that we're all we've all should i use the word sin and fallen short i mean we've all had those things that pushed us to the edge. You never really got yes. suicidal, you said, right, sir? No, I, I've never got to the point where I wanted to kill myself. I just had a belief that, um, I guess I believed that I shouldn't. Um, but I got to the point where 
I asked God that to take my life. Wow. I didn't want to do it. Wow. You and many of my guests, they're like, I have something to say. I pray every night that I don't wake up in the morning. Oh, you know, things like that. I pray to, I had the lady that kept hitting her head on the wall because she said she thought she might get brain cancer that way. And just different things. Yeah, it it was it was a painful dark place and oh, and and this is this was um I had I had I had got divorced and now that I look back over my life I see the signs that I was giving as a cry for help but I didn't ask for help I would say things like when I would leave my son and I would talk to um. That I would talk to Cheryl, which was um, my ex or the, at, when I was married at the time, I would talk to her and say, tell my son to be better than me. Because mm. I would be so down. I would be so oh my depressed word. and feel so rejected and feel worthless. Oh. That was the, the thing. And shame. Oh. I felt shame about what I did. I felt bad. I felt like I wasn't worth anything. Mm. And so I would be in my parents' basement crying out to God, God, if it's okay with you, I'm ready. You can oh take my me. goodness. Wow. You can take my life right now. But I would wake up the next morning and I'll be like, okay, so here we go. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't last night, yes. And then look and then look at where you are now. I mean look at the fact that yeah. you weathered that that was a dark I can only imagine. It's almost like people who lived dark. in Yeah, it's almost like people who lived in in um Louisiana and New Orleans just when they were going through that Katrina time, like it would never end. Like it would never, yeah. ever end. Like every single day, yeah. worse, worse, worse. I was just like, oh my God, when are they going to get some respite? That's kind of what you were going through. Really dark. Yeah, it, was, it was a respite. Dark. Very, very, very dark. Even oh. though, you you know, it was dark, I was still in the church. I was still, I, I became to a point where I was pretending. Mm. You know, I was, I was entangled in a trap of the enemy. Wow. And, um, you know, what, one prayer I did say, even because, you know, when you in darkness, you do things in darkness that cause you, you know, I was in sin. I was, you know, in church. So I took myself out of church. I took myself from the pulpit. I, I set myself down because I realized I wasn't in a place where I should be because I didn't want what I have to go off into other people i didn't want to pour that energy. my the, the the energy and the spirit that i have mm-hmm. into other people so i set myself down and it was in a dark place it's like being in the cave alone in the cave mm-hmm. that i can bring you in like i said i bring you into my reality and then i'll you know the toys i have and everything i'll, I'll just bring you in wow well, I'm glad you're here. I mean, I'm, I'm able to share with us and able to tell us um, what's going on and share just to share with us and just, I don't know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. So, uh, yes. So what, um, let me see, gosh, you have touched on so much. What do you do now as a chaplain? Because it sounds like everything that you went through brought you here to be a chaplain yes yes i would say so i would do totally do, agree with that what do you do now to um what do you do as, as a chaplain mm-hmm. um 
now with this question I have to ask more because I'm when you, <laughs> when you say what do I do are you talking about like with patients here yes, that, that yes. are dealing with okay Yes. Um, what do you do as a chaplain? Because the reason I'm asking you because I know I know the answer, but I also know that you're do, you're doing it because now you know. For instance, you did mention that you've had suicidal patients, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. how are you able to help these suicidal patients because of the journey that you've come through, right? Yes. Um, not only suicide patients, I deal with. Um, Patients from all spectrums of life, whether it be addictions, whether it be just, you know, cancer, um, um, just sickness, diabetes, you know, it's it's a whole, a lot of patients that I deal with. And I believe in, in this walk that I have experienced in my journey, that God was preparing me um, for this specific time to reach these people. And yes. I just want to, before, before I go into that, I want to, there was a prophecy um, when I got married and I went to the Bahamas and um, we went to a, um, my wife at the time, we went to a, um, on our honeymoon in the Bahamas and we were just walking around. We was trying to look for Dr. Miles Monroe's, Dr. Miles Monroe um, church, but we ended up going to a hotel and we went downstairs and we heard this church music and this guy prophesied to me and said, um, your voice is needed in this land because you're going to touch multitudes of people. He said, you're going to touch a lot of people with your voice, with the things Amen. that you have to say. Amen. And at the time, I didn't know what that was. This was back in early 2002. And then I had a dream um, uh, years after that, um, more in the later thousands, that I had a dream that I was with this guy. We was walking around and it was a whole bunch of people um, that was sick, that was crying out to God. And he was just going by and touching them. And he was like, you can't touch them yet because you're not ready. Wow. He said, but all these people here are waiting on you because you have something that they need. Are you serious? Yes. Yes, I am that serious. That is giving me goosebumps. And so now here I am in the hospital. Here I'm in the hospital with with people um, from all walks of life. and when I go in there, I meet them where they are. Yes. Wherever they are. If they're in the dirt, I'm getting in the dirt with them. Yes. If they're in the mud, if they're about to drown, I'm going to jump in there with them wow. and meet them where they are. And it takes a lot because it's, it's, I look at it as like God is allowing me to be a part of someone's life and to feel that spectrum of their life that they're going through. If it's just for a minute, he's given me a piece of their life. And I can look at it like how God carries all that for other people. And here it is. He's given me a, 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 um, a second of someone's life to be there for them. To be part of their history. Yeah. To be a part of their history as they open up and talk to me and as they share with me their life. Many things that they wouldn't even share with their doctor. Many things that they wouldn't share with their doctors, with their own families. I've heard yes. stories um, that have, you know, emotionally drained me. Has taken everything from me, wow. you know, to to bring them back and to touch them. And knowing that there was something I said um, to them that may have changed their life or may have gave them 
something to move on or to look at life to say it's okay. Because one thing I I learned, I don't I don't come in to judge. I'm like whatever you done is done, and we can't change your past, but we can look at your future. We can look at tomorrow, yes. and it might not happen overnight. Because one thing, it took me over forty years to realize what I was going through. Yes. And you know, statistics wow. says you don't you don't know what your purpose is in life until you're about fifty anyway. So I'm I'm, I'm right on <laughs> oh, track. That's good. I'm glad you said that. I have to I have to tell my wife that because Buddha was just turned fifty this year, and then she's always like, "Oh, I don't know what my purpose is." I don't know. Yeah. She's a psychologist. She just finished the master's in healthcare administration, and she's like, oh, "I don't know what." I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to tell yeah. her that the good pastor said, blah, 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 blah. So don't worry about it. Don't worry. Be happy. It's going to yeah. happen." Wow. Yeah. So, so, so as a chaplain, most people think that chaplains, you know, it's, it's either two two things they think of: either a chaplain is coming for death, yes, or he's just coming, or he's just coming to pray. Yes, and I'm so Catholic, so you know, when they call for the priest, oh my God, it's like, yeah. okay, call the family together, let's let's. Do <laughs> yeah, and and if it was that, it would just be so easy. But it, it's so much more, you know, to to being a chaplain than just going in somebody's you know, roam and pray for them or just going in to do last rites or to pray for the family when, you know, someone's, you know, dead. But it's it's about when death comes, it's about giving them closure. Mm. You know, I I um did some things that I've baptized babies, dead babies. Mm. Um, you know, to bring that closure for, you know, parents who've lost their children. Oh. You know, um stillborns, you know, you take those and you be right there with the family, so it's a it's a whole bunch of emotions that goes along with that, and you're there, and I'm 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 in the room with them for hours, you know, comforting them, um, being there at support because they're weak, so I have to be the one who yes. you know brings in you know that that um, the strength, and you know um, meeting them where they are. Let them know, feel them, being there in that space and time with them to let them know it's okay to cry, it's okay to mourn, it's okay, you know, that you don't know. It's okay to ask why. And it's okay to not realize the why yet, it's for yeah. years maybe even. That is, you know, I almost want to ask you, then who takes care of you as far as emotionally? But then you told us earlier on that you have, you know, you have God, which is obvious, is omnipotent and omnipresence, but you also have your mankind as well as your therapist because even the doctor needs healing even you will need yeah. something to replenish so i'm so thankful that you have those people yeah and we also have staff oh, i'm sorry we, we also have staff here that are um you know open if you need to process something that you you know go through that you know their staff here um the directors and other staff that will you know help you get through some of the things that you just experienced in life because sometimes it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's i had lot. i'm still part of the reason why i'm doing this particular podcast is because i lost a patient to suicide i mean it's oh, wow. a lot it's a lot I, I i i haven't seen his mother in over god knows how many years but he's 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 forever not too far away from me and um no yeah. i didn't do anything directly but he was he was my child he was my patient he was one of yeah. my so, it's, it's, yes. When you get close to them, it, it, it means something. I've, I've gotten close to some patients here um, that when they did transition, when they did die, that it, it, it had an effect on me. 
Yes, and it should. Thankfully, it does. Thankfully, because that puts us back in the realm of humanity, that we are human. Absolutely. And we do hurt. And, you know, I tell people that doctors hurt too. I cry with my patients. I'm a big crybaby. I cry in a minute. (laughs) I cry with my moms. I I love them. I, I, I don't know that I do too much of it, but I just... I love the fact that they see me as vulnerable, as just like them. Yeah. And not like I, I, I remember every single patient of mine that's ever died. I remember them to this day, whether it's a baby or one that had cancer. I remember them. They're not many. Yeah. I already had like five in my 30 years, but I know all five, maybe actually maybe closer to seven, but I know all, all of them. I remember their stories and what they had and what was wrong with them. I can't handle too many. I, I'm, I'm also a human yeah. being. So I'm thankful for that. Wow, Kevin Wilson, the chaplain, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with us today. I I was writing at one point, I stopped writing. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) when you said therapy shattered the the, the glass, I stopped. I was like, that's it. Because this gentleman here is talking. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard him. I mean, I can't even do too much of a summary because I don't want to take anything from that. But I love the fact that you mentioned that therapy shattered the, the glass. That's yes. a new way to look at therapy. I love that. I hope never to forget that quote. Therapy indeed shatters the glass and makes you regroup and refocus and, and realign your mind with, you know, where you need to be and where you need to be going. I love that. Mm-hmm. And you said, um, <sighs> no, what is this? I, I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'll, I don't know. I can't my own handwriting, but with someone I don't know, you had, you had, you had, you felt you had no voice. You, you did not have any, you, you did not feel good. You were not good enough. And for you to go from that person to who you are now, filling people's cups and filling their chalices and making them whole again, that is so powerful. The fact that yeah. you, once upon a time, felt you had no voice and you ran through your list of masks. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Hurt and pain and fear and rejection and neglect and anger and remorse and just kept going and going and going. Amazing, amazing. But I think for me, the mind remembers was, was it for me. So that was for me. What, what is your favorite quote? I mean, what, what, what quote do you go to? As a Bible man, that's going to be hard, right? But just try to give us one, if you can, your favorite <laughs> one, besides maybe Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's definitely not. Uh, that is one. I, I do love Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. That's why I said that. It's one of my favorite quotes. Jesus wept. I love it. I love it. I love it. It makes me feel like my, my cries are nothing. I love right, it. Right, right. And they, they, they do mean something when we do cry. Um, yes. um, one, one of mine is, um, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me because without him, I have no strength. Because um, it's when I'm weak that he makes me strong. You know, he is my strength. And so I, I constantly remind myself that it's not my own strength because every time I tried to do something in my own strength, I you got feel. real tired. Yes. And, yeah, and tired. And like, mm. what, what was going on? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's better to trust in God than put confidence in man. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, we, I think in that, um, looking at that in, in Psalms 118 and 8, um, that men, sometimes we put an expectation on men on man me when i say man i mean man and woman mm-hmm, yeah, sometimes yeah. we put ex, we, we put an expectation on them and then if they don't live up to our expectation 
you know, we feel, you know, bad, like they've let us down and they probably can't even meet the expectation that we're expecting. Exactly. They probably so it's kind of, yeah. right. It's, it's like we're putting tests on people and they're not even aware of the test. And that's yeah. one of the, and, that, and that's in relationships, but that's a whole different, you know, subject. Right. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> then <laughs> that what about with. some words of encouragement for the listeners? Because I have been reached, um, I've had people reach out to me that have told me, Thank you so much. Actually, today I had someone reach out to me and tell me that, tell me thank you for the podcast, but said something about it being timely. I'm like, oh my God, that was a pregnant phrase that it was timely. It came in for her. It came in sooner than later. And I was like, oh my God, only God knows what she means by that. But I was thankful, you know? So what words of encouragement do you have for my, my listeners? Um, one of the things, and, and I know that um, isolation is, um, it draws us because of shame, because of worthlessness, and because of so many things. Um, and I, I am one who was very great in going in isolation. And what I will want to say, when you end up isolation, if I can encourage you, or when you are alone, be alone in his presence. Hmm. Because you're going to find time that you're alone, but use that time because you're going to be feeling worthless. You're going to be feeling like you, you're not worth anything that you, you, well, for me, let me just, let me use the I statement. I felt worthless. I felt bad. I, I, I grinded myself. I talked down to myself. But also in that same time, in that area of isolation is a time where you can be alone with God. Mm. And instead of piling stuff on you, instead of 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 dominating yourself with negative feelings, you know, cry out to God and say, Lord, help me. You don't have to go into a long prayer. Lord, help me. Like what it. is it that what is it that I need to know at this particular time right now in this moment? So isolation from a negative point to a, a positive point is to be alone in his presence, in the presence of God. I like that. And I also, you know, because I used to teach um, Bible school when I was a younger me, I also always recognize the fact that even isolation in on its own is not the problem. It's what happens, what you do with it. Because a lot of times Jesus would go away to a quiet place. Absolutely. And so it's okay to remember that it's okay for someone like me. Quiet places scare me only because I need noise around me. But then again, I don't need noise around me. I get overstimulated. But he himself, he would go to a quiet place sometimes and just regroup. He went to the desert by himself for for a month and a half. I mean, so he has taught us that quiet places are not necessarily, and and that's quiet places as a phrase, not a a location. But even at work, you could just go to a quiet place in Mm -hmm. on yourself, right? Is that correct? I'm right. That's, that's very but, true. There, so there is a place that you can is, go. is a way of regrouping and, and just getting back in touch with who you are, your why, and your whatever. Your chi, yes. like the Nigerians would say, your chi or your, what is your chi, your alter ego? Is that what your chi is? No, I think your chi is your, your, the God in you. Yes, not alter. Oh my God, my dad is going to be like, what? So your chi is your <laughs> ikenga or your personal God, the, 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 the one that is yours, like a, I guess your guardian angel, you know, not every, and I told my wife, said, some evil words that no English explanations for them, but your chi is like 
your little God in you. So I guess your inner spirit, for lack of a... Yeah, the Holy... Well, I, I would say the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but believing that once upon a time we had African religion and it's not Christianity, and that right. African religion is older than Christianity, in those days it's it's your own personal God. So I guess mm-hmm. you could call it anything. Your spirit, your yeah. spirit man. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's good. So you yeah. heard him, he said, you know, when you are alone, be alone in his presence. That is his his word of encouragement today. So don't lose hope. Ask, Lord, help me and find out why are you in that place? And then maybe you'll get answers. And of course, I would dare to add that your answers may not be what you want. Just be prepared for that. Because a lot of times you may not get what you're thinking is your answer. That's so true. Love it. That's so true. So where can the people find you, sir? Are you, are you, do you have a Facebook site? You have yeah, Do you have something mm-hmm. like that? I am on um, Facebook under Kevin Wilson on Facebook and um, Instagram under K.W.I.L. 83 is my Instagram. Um, so I will be there, but I will be coming with an, I'm going to be launching something, um, well, I'll just be quiet about that right now. I'm not ready to release <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> okay. Don't want to be we premature. On, yeah, we have you on, on Facebook as Kevin Wilson, and then we have you yes. on IG as K.W.I.L. 83. Yes, Okay. that's correct. Well, well, well. Oh, my goodness. How do you feel? I, I love it. I love it. I had a good time. I, I, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I, what about I, you? I feel I feel great. Um, I feel great about it. Um, I had a good time talking. There were a couple of things that, you know, we didn't, we have to do this again. Yes. And um, you know what? About some a more lot of my guests have said that they're going to come back. About two or three of them have already come back. So this is just yeah. like an amazing journey. You know, you think, I never, I never thought I wanted to do the podcast to necessarily yeah. only save people because I didn't think I was going to save myself, but I have actually saved myself more and yeah. just, you know, constantly thanking God for, 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 you know, the idea. So I'm going to wrap up unless you have a few more you know, parting words for us, which would be great. No, I, I'll, I'll, I think I gave enough. Um, I'll save the rest for later. Okay. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu, AKA the Momatrician. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you all so very much for listening. Thank you to those guests who have reached out to, to those listeners who have reached out to me and said the podcast has made a difference in their lives. Thank you to those guests who have agreed to walk beside me hand in hand into the unknown future to try to save a soul. Thank you, Reverend Pastor Chaplain Wilson, for coming today and gracing our pages and for promising to come back because we're going we're gonna to hold you to it. And everyone else who's out there who I don't know, who have subscribed, subscribed, who listen, who encourage me and encourage others, thank you all so much for doing that. I pray that his words will touch you today and bless you and hopefully help you just change your mindset, move to a different realm, move out of the darkness, hopefully into the light. Because if you do wait long enough, you will see the light. It may be a little bit of a duck, but it's, it's a light nonetheless. And so on that note, we're going to say goodbye. So long, farewell. I'll see you all next week with another interesting guest or maybe even a solo cast from me. All right, y'all. Peace out. And I will talk to you all next week.